where that came from. How do I know that? And it turned out that nobody knew it. And I was getting really freaked. With the right conditions, we have an inversion. That's when I first started saying, they don't know. Nobody really knows. This whole thing is a big sham. We accept the reality of the world with which we're presented. It's as simple as that. Okay, guys, welcome. Episode number 14. Uh, me and Derek here again, Unearthing 5D Reality. Um, today's episode, as you guys can tell by the title, um, we're going to be kind of talking about food in the first hour, going into a little bit of the history around artificial sweetener, sweeteners, um, just food in general. Um, and then in the second hour, we're going to have Chris from Optimally Organic on, and we're going to talk about some of the remedies that he has um, for supplements and other things to help with um, boosting immune system um, and keeping us away from all of the toxic, toxic, horrible things that are being put in our faces. In, in, in my opinion, I'd say 80% of what's in Walmart is not edible. But um, Derek, what's going on? How's it going, brother? Hey, how's it going? Hope everybody's having a wonderful day. We appreciate your patience. We had a little bit of a hiccup last week. On, if you're wondering why we weren't able to drop an episode, we just had some production issues and uh, we want to produce the best work for you. So we weren't comfortable producing and sending out what we recorded last week. So we just uh, we decided to do a little more research for this week and kind of leave that one off. Uh, what we're going to dig into in this episode is the crisis of America of obesity, of disease, of behavioral issues. All of these things are actually linked to the food we're eating. And we, everywhere you look, you see food coloring, you see high sugar, no sugar, high fat, no fats. And all of these things have been modified and changed so that they actually interact differently with your body. And when, what this happens to do is when you eat something, your body breaks it down into a more base form. This is what digestion is. And so when you're combining these talk like these toxins in your stomach it actually strips them down and then they rebind in your body with other things and this is what causes obesity and uh, diseases like diabetes and all of these different ailments that we are facing they try to tell you that diseases are hereditary they say obesity is hereditary nothing about <laughs> this is hereditary what's the problem is you're in the house with your mom who's eating the same food as you. So, of course, your body is going to have the same ailments. This is why when one family gets a disease, it's their kids get it and their kids' kids. It's because they're developing eating habits and living habits that actually create the, that disease. Because as you're going to find out in this episode, disease is more about mineral imbalance than anything. And that's what these GMO foods do is they create a mineral imbalance or uh, scarcity in your body of things that your body actually needs to produce this these foods and it's it's causing us tons of harm yeah yeah literally i think it's really funny that like back in the day i'd say probably two or three years ago i was one of those dudes that was just a calorie counter you know and i know that my dad's like that too it, it always bothers me it bugs the living hell out of me we'll go to eat somewhere and i'll tell him or you know maybe like a soda isn't good or something I, i'm not always like bugging people you know but i try to keep my family healthy and i try to like you know give suggestions and he don't he always will he'll cut things in half he doesn't think it matters what he eats as long as he cuts it in half and eats half of it he won't get fat but 
if all of us understood that what we eat matters more than anything, I would say, because um, what we're putting into our body is affecting how we sleep. It's affecting how we eat, um, think. It's affecting pretty much every metabolic process in our body, the the things that we put inside of it. So um, this is going to be a crucial episode, and I hope that it's really helpful for people. Yeah, exactly. That's the saying, you are what you eat. There's so much truth to that, it's not even funny. Uh, all of the energy in which you derive for your day-to-day actions comes from the food you eat. And when those foods are dirty, when they're they're made with synthetic compounds like fake sugars and low-fat products, these things that they label low-fat or they label low-sugar or no-sugar, uh, those are some of the most unhealthy things on the market because those are synthetic products. Like the original su- sweetener that they found, the first one they found, came from a coal tar. Some guy was producing a, like he was working with a coal tar, and in doing so, he tasted his finger because he had some on his thumb, and he realized that this synthetic compound that he was working on was actually sweet. And so this is where the development started. It was like in 1889, where they actually started to realize that they could produce these fake sugars in labs. And if you look at the history of our our country's health, uh, there's a serious spike in the disease and the obesity rates. And if you try to correspond that with the foods we were eating and these other things, what you will find is that we are progressively getting worse as they claim our food to be getting better and easier to grow and safer, no fats, no sugars. Uh, we're actually getting more unhealthy by the day. And I- if you... I think that people would 100% agree if you just look at like how people's brains are functioning too, how people are thinking, um, like how many people are critically thinking. If you look at what is happening in society as far as obesity rates as well as cognitive function, it's obvious. This is complete war. It It is war on you. It's war on me. It's war on our minds because if you want to take down an enemy like the people where – we are so much more than they are. They're, we prop up everything. You have to make us docile. You have to make us incomplacent and just going with whatever they tell you. And in doing so, we are slowly giving away our not only our cognitive ability by ingesting these toxins they're feeding us, but we're giving away our freedoms. You're giving away your children's freedoms. And these things are, we're going to pay with them in a big way, not out of your pocket. You're going to pay with them with your health. Yep. Exactly. And um, I think this is a good time to start get into it, try to get as much information into the first hour for everybody, huh? Yeah, absolutely. So at John Hopkins University, Ira Renson, uh, this is the, the scientist that had noticed that the sweet cold tar on his hands was sweet. And they started to in- implement this into our foods as we go. Uh, they immediately started to do radiation treatment on plants shortly after to decontaminate microorganisms and pathogens. You guys, your body has more bacteria in it than it has human cells. So by them creating these different treatments that eradicate these organisms, it's not only killing the bad stuff on our food, but what it's also happening is, is it's unbalancing the natural bacteria that your body needs to be able to function. Your back, your Bacteria functions your body by breaking things down so they're more digestible. Yeah, well, your bacteria is directly related to your gut, right? Oh, absolutely. Which is directly related, you know, the gut-brain idea. 
Yeah, it's called the vagus nerve. So the largest nerve in your body runs around your collar down into your stomach, up to your brain. And the bacteria, so say if you eat a whole bunch of sugary food or bad food, you're going to crave those foods. The more you eat of these bad foods, the more you're going to crave it. This is because the bacteria that make up your body are connected to your vagus nerve. Like they, they interact with you through your vagus nerve and they create cravings. And so this is why people who don't drink soda can't drink soda. It makes them sick is because their body is not staged for these sugary stuff versus somebody who only drinks soda. They don't even like water, right? How many times have you heard somebody say, oh, I don't like water? Well, you're mostly water. How do you not like it? Oh, I get it from my soda. Like that right there just shows how people are with the world around them. How do you, how do you see soda as a substitute for water? I guess they, I guess they could say it has filtered water and it was, it is essentially probably just tap water ran through some crappy filter. And then, cause that's all they're doing with the bottled waters. And then they're adding sodium and things like that to make sure that your mouth gets dry. So you need another one and you need another one. Oh, and you can't forget the fluoride that they're throwing in there to make sure that your pineal glands calcified and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, exactly. And so these water bottles they put on the shelves they have these chemicals, as you were saying, that increase the alkalinity. And because they use these dirty chemicals to increase alkalinity in water, they've been able to convince the world that alkaline water is not anything better for you than neutral or acidic water. It's all the same because you have stomach acid that converts it into acidic anyways. That couldn't be further from the truth. You have an, a high alkaline diet by eating fruits. You're, those fruits are going into your stomach as well, interacting with these stomach acids, but yet they say that that helps. Uh, so by them putting these chemicals in the water that increases the alkalinity, all they're doing is making your kidneys work harder to be able to process that water, and it makes it unhealthy. Everywhere you look, these people are using tactics that are very deceitful. And the more we pay attention to this, the healthier we are going to get. And all we need to do is demand transparency in what we're doing. Don't allow these people to put these things in our food and then pretend like the FDA cares enough to make sure it's healthy for you. Yeah. When you get into like looking into the MSGs that are in the fast food and in the restaurants and everything, you can only imagine somebody because I, I know that a lot of Americans are eating at fast food sometimes like every day, once a day. I don't know about you, Derek, but me personally, I used to work when I lived out in Dallas, Texas. I worked so much I couldn't make meals. So I was eating every day out pretty much I was and almost every single meal as well. And it gets to the point where I at 23, 24 years old, I started to feel it like I started to have to cook at home. I started to slow down. My joints started to hurt like this is extremely serious and. It's funny because as growing up, I didn't see a lot of those problems eating the foods. You know, I I had a really awesome home with my mom was an, an insanely good cook. Um, and so I didn't have a lot of those problems. And I kind of felt like I was Superman, like, oh, like if I eat enough of these these foods, my biome and my stomach will just get used to it. And I'll just be, you know, bulletproof. Like I won't be like all these other people and and get fat or I don't know what I was thinking, but. It's incredibly important to try to mitigate the amount of MSGs and genetically modified food that we are intaking, and especially um, in kids when they're developing and when their brains are developing and things like that. But I think that it, it, what we 
said before, obviously, um, we think it's important for everybody to be thinking as smart and as as best as we possibly can so that we can all think our way out of this this matrix and the tax system and the government system that surrounds us that it has brought us this food industry. Absolutely, Caleb. And what you said a minute ago about how uh, people are too busy to be able to sit down and cook a meal. Uh, you dirty your house, you get off work. The last thing you want to do is spend time cooking and then spend time cleaning and doing these things. So yes, people work and then they go out to eat. This is because the government has increased it and perfectly balanced the cost of living with the cost of the income of the times. And in doing so, they've created a, they made it easier for you to eat out, eat fast food, eat crappy foods, and make it more expensive and harder to consume healthier diet and this is a war on the consciousness this all plays down on your ability to think about what they are doing because these people are coming for your children yep exactly um let's keep going down your timeline let's keep uh, I, and one thing i wanted to because i know that you brought up radiation and everybody that's listened to our nuclear episode knows we don't fully believe in how radiation has been purported to us from um, science and everything, but there is something going on. Again, I want to bring that up just so everybody's like, oh, what the heck? They're bringing up radiation because I know I do that when I'm listening to podcasts. So um, there is something going on with radiation. It's just we're not, there's not nukes going on uh, off, and then we can't hang out in those areas for 10 to 500 years. That doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can measure rads, right? But it's the same thing as gravity. Okay. They call it gravity and it's observable, and you can't prove what causes it, they can't prove it. Uh, they've just mislabeled something that is observable. And because they've studied it long enough to be able to give you the proper diet, like the way this thing works, you believe them. And they've just mislabeled the energy in which binds all of us together, which I believe is magnetism. And that they've been able to modify this into a way that might be harmful. If everything's magnetic, you you know, there is an opposite of that. And maybe that's what it is. Because yes, I, I totally do not believe that we have nuclear bombs that everybody needs to go get under your desk at school to avoid. But at the same time, there is something there. The same thing with atom theory. There's something there. They, there. You can't deny the existence of these molecules that create our world around us. But you can deny the story of which they say that they are. They're trying to make this world material when it's not material, they, they've convinced us that we're not special, that we're nothing but an accident of chemical reactions happening over and over and over. And that that's wrong. We were created and everything has a code. DNA is a code itself. And you can't create code without a creator. You can't. It's the same thing as throwing a glass on the ground and expecting it to turn back into a glass after a billion years. It's just not how things work. Yep. It's not reality. Um, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up just for anybody that was listening that might um, have that question. Yeah, absolutely. But, but um, yeah, as far as this goes, as far as the food, what they've done, um, I know that we've brought up before in our podcast monocropping, where essentially they're just they're doing one crop in one field and that's it. Um, the they're also um do where when they till the ground, the minerals are just depleted from the sun and and all the things when they're just tilling the ground and letting all of that soil sit in the sun 
that in and of itself takes away from the mineral transfer that would go into the crop that would be grown into um, the food. So, and it almost seems like this is purposefully done. They would rather like, I don't see, and I know that this is a thing. I know that they're not taking fertilizer from like horse manure or cow manure and applying it to these plants and to these fields so that they can have the nutrients so that we can be healthy. Cause um, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know that they were testing the mineral t- uh, contents of different vegetables and fruits and things like that. And there, they were like a 10th or, or a 15% of what they were back in like the twenties or the thirties from just the natural grown um, vegetable. So it's, 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 it's getting more and more extremely hard to stay healthy and to uh, stay away from these things. So I think that um, unless Derek, you have somewhere else you want to route the conversation, I think that we could um, kind of just outline for everybody um, genetic modification, GMOs, maybe a little bit. Um, I can read some of the definitions and things that I've got here, or unless you yeah. want to take it somewhere else. I just kind of wanted to bring up something here. Uh, so the reason we have to have these genetically modified foods is because we've given one corporation authority over all of our crops. Almost everything you eat comes from a very specific place. And if we didn't set it up that way, we're the people who grow our food have to grow hundreds of thousands of acres. We wouldn't be so worried about these things because smaller farms would be able to control these things better naturally. Because if you're so big, of course you have, you're, you're over miles, you're going to have problems. But if we designated local areas to grow the local food, you would see less GMOs. You'd see quality food. You would see more money being brought into your area. The people around you would be making the money that Nabisco is making, that Kraft is making, because instead of it all coming in from one spot and it needs all of this genetically modified and all these poisons and all of this preservatives and all of this bullshit that's all over our food, we wouldn't need that. We would not need it because the local farmers, the local bakeries, the local food producers, they would be smaller and more manageable and this would grow the economy and you'd see cleaner neighborhoods because instead of people slaving away for these corporations for pennies, the, the money would be in your area being transferred. The wealth would be transferred amongst the people who are developing the food. And this goes into clothes. This goes into everything. The way they've designed our entire system is so that we slave away for the few on top. And because it's all one company, they have to have these mass amounts of toxins to be able to produce the foods safely to preserve them so you can eat them a year after production instead of them being grown locally where your local farmer your local people they work on the food they grow they make the cookies instead of having oreo you have a local food somebody locally makes up a food grown in that area with no pesticides with no preservatives and this would literally not only change the health of the world but this would increase the wealth of the world as well because if you keep the money local it grows faster when you the trinkle down economics of big corporations is a scam this is why our schools are set up to teach you how to be a slave this is why every job you've ever had you make pennies while the people on top reap all of the rewards and that money just goes straight to the top Go look up the corporations, who has what food, who owns what. You're going to find out that there's three companies that pretty much own the world. Yeah, exactly. And the the importance of this cannot be stressed enough. Like 
when I think about it, I know that I know that we haven't done an episode on germ theory or, um, you know, viruses and all these things um, not being real, which is definitely in the works. I have a guest that we're going to have on and, and we're all going to chat about it. It's going to be awesome. Um, but like this could be the the the, um, the deciding factor if or if not, you get sick um, with different things or, uh, you know, if you come down with um, different sicknesses from the colds or, or whatever, however, these things come into our environments, which we want to fully look more into. But yeah, the, the idea of genetically modifying um, a food so that it can sit on, uh, so its shelf life is longer and it can sit and be sold for a longer time so that it doesn't have to be thrown away. Doesn't sound like a good idea to me. And um, I know that I don't, maybe you'll know exactly what I'm thinking here, Derek, but I know that there's like a 40 brain cell type test. I really like this test that I was seeing when I was doing my research, people were going into stores and doing this brain cell test where they go up to the foods that they're planning on putting in their cart and they see if they're, how many ingredients ingredients are on the list of ingredients and they see if they can even read them <laughs> essentially like when you actually go it's kind of scary when you go and um probably a lot of the listeners the things in your house just like things that you've eaten recently like like uh, one thing i didn't think would be crazy is like those soups that are sitting in cans in the stores i thought that those were healthy like i used to buy those like i was told they're healthy like the you know the chicken noodle soup if you look at the sodium content if you if you look at the contents of what is actually in the things that we're eating it is scary it is quite literally scary i don't know how you feel Derek. oh absolutely and this goes into what we've been talking about how deficiencies create disease when your body has so much sodium from the food you're intaking, it has to be able to break that down and get it out of your body without, like, obviously you get diabetes and these other diseases, but your body really tries hard to eradicate these minerals and salts and sugars and these things in a safer way. But once your body starts producing an enzyme that's going to help it get rid of salt or to process the sugar, then other parts of your body suffer. And it's working more, working harder to do less work. And the calories that we eat that are high in salts and stuff are empty calories. They don't, your body can't process them. This is why you get hungry after you eat two hours and you're already hungry or you wake up and you're starving. Th these things are all part of what you're eating. And so when you, when you ingest tons of sugar or tons of salt, your body breaks these things down and it takes away from other places. And I just want to give you guys a little bit of an example here. So what they found in the labs when they were testing diseases and transmis transmission of these diseases is if you took and injected a disease straight into a lab monkey, that monkey could not get sick unless if its minerals were imbalanced. So this is why disease runs rampant through households. And this is why if one person in your family gets the flu, everybody gets the flu is because you're all deficient in the same minerals and what they found was you can't you cannot force a disease on one of these monkeys unless if that monkey's minerals match the disease or the minerals of the monkey that has the disease so what this means is you could only have these diseases if your body is a good environment for it because it doesn't have this mineral because it doesn't have this or it has too much of that and in doing so what it does is it allows for your body to be vulnerable to different diseases that originate from inside of us. And it's it happens because your body is trying to break down microtoxins. It's trying to do all of these things. And when you're depriving your body of minerals or you're excessing in salts and sugars, 
it creates a system where your body can get sick. This is why some people don't get sick and some people get sick all the time. It's because their diet is awful and they've, they've been taught the food pyramid of the world and they've been taught to eat this and do that and count your calories or eat low sugars. And these things literally are changing the very construct of humanity. Uh, that's funny that you bring up the food pyramid because when I was looking into um, the food pyramid, there was pushback. Um, and actually, the food pyramid that we got when they first created it is not the food pyramid that was actually told that would be the best diet or the healthiest diet for us. Like the fact that they included milk, cow's milk and and bread on, on the food pyramid, the food pyramid is so off. But that's the kind of just control that they have over us and the kind of programming that everyone goes through in school. Cause I remember going into school and being shown that food pyramid and being shown the, the rolls and the fruits and the, the, you know, all everything all together, the bread and the milk. And they're saying that all of this collectively is all healthy and you need all a little bit of it all. Um, when now, when I'm looking into, you know, what kind of diets we should probably be having, it looks like we should be having a high fiber diet, a low sugar diet, um, and we should be eating more fruits and and maybe red meats and things like that. And everybody's going to have their own idea of diet. Some people are going to be vegan. Some people are going to have moral problems with eating meat. Me personally, I don't. Um, so that's that's what I personally go with. I try to have steak. I eat a lot of like white rice. And I found out recently, um, I can't remember what the study was, but um, apparently white rice is better than brown rice for you. That's that's interesting. I know. Isn't that, that interesting? Yeah, that's wild because I know that grains, like anymore, they hold the most glycophate out of everything. So your oats, your wheats, these things that they spray this Roundup on, uh, those absorb it more than anything. So I, I know when you when you are buying your food, it is so important to look on the label and look for GMO. If it says GMO, it's guaranteed to be chocked full of these glyphosates, which is Roundup. And Roundup has a class action lawsuit that they lost for causing cancer in people. The original food group was called the Basic Seven. It consisted of green and yellow vegetables, oranges, tomatoes, grapefruits, potatoes, other vegetables and fruits, milk and milk products, meat, poultry, fish or eggs, bread, flour and cereals, and butter and fortified margin. This was back in the day. And as Caleb was saying, like breads are high in carbs, right? And so you, you really have to minimize how much of these things you eat because carbs turn to sugar in your body. So if you think you're being healthy by not, you know, I only have this much sugar a day. Well, if you eat this much bread, those carbs turn into sugar in your body. And because they've been genetically modified, those sugars don't process the same. Natural sugar processes in your body so much different than glucose sugar that you go get from the store white cane sugar when you're it's when the you high eat, fructose corn syrup yeah, that's the worst thank you for saying that Kelsey. high fructose corn syrup is the worst it's thing in everything but in your it's body literally in everything too and it's like when you look at the top ingredients it's like the top one as well like in pop if anybody is drinking soda still, I used to freaking love Dr. Pepper. I used to love Mountain Dew. But after realizing that they're just putting filtered water, which is which has fluoride in it. So this is essentially fluoridated aspartame water that you're drinking with soda mixed with super high sugar contents. But sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh, no, you're you good. That's a great point. Uh, something that you guys like. Here's if you 
if it's so hard for you where you're like, you guys, I, I can't cut this stuff out of my diet. When you go to buy it, look, read your ingredients. And mm-hmm. the further up the ingredient is on the list, the more it has. Ingredients are in order of most to least. So if one of the first things that pops up is something that you cannot pronounce, it is mostly that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when you're reading your things, you need to look at them. Look for words like fish meal or cheese food, cheese product. If you're buying Kraft Singles cheese, you are eating a byproduct of normal cheese. It's not even the same thing. It's like this stuff they skim off of it to throw in the trash, but they started selling it to Americans instead. Our food's actually illegal in many parts of the world because of these chemicals that are in it. And what really gets me about this this is one of the bothers me more than anything about all of this is we sell the same foods over in Europe, but they, they're not our foods. They're the same brand, Quaker Oats, all of the same thing. But over in Europe, they don't have half as many ingredients mm-hmm. and they have no ingredients that you can't pronounce. But and over they don't here, last as long. They, that's yeah. the thing. They don't have to last as long, so they have to rotate the products out. It's like the idea of the milkman that we used to have, where you'd have to have a milkman ride on his bicycle and bring you fresh milk every morning. He'd bring you a carton or whenever they would deliver that. I'm too young to know how that system worked, but now we've got milk that lasts a month. Yeah, and so like um, they used to sell raw milk. Like it used yeah. to be non-pasteurized. What pasteurized means, you guys – is it means that they cook every possibility of anything alive in your milk gone, okay? Milk and other products, they grow healthy bacteria. To drink normal milk is not good. Like, I know people will say, like, it's a cow. You're not supposed to drink it. Yes, like, yes, especially after it's been pasteurized. But they there is tons of records of raw milk healing all kinds of illnesses because it brings balance back to your body but what they've done is they've demonized this through the bacteria that gets on the cow's nipple and when you if you eat raw milk that was dirty like the cow has poop on its nipple before they milk it then yeah it's gonna you're gonna have that poop in your milk and that's what makes it dangerous nothing about raw milk is dangerous except for the process in which they obtain it if they don't clean the nipple right or they don't take care of the bottles that it's going into, or, you know, they kind of just let things go. Yeah, now you, you got weird stuff in your body, Which, uh, like cows. I don't know if you guys know this, Caleb. I don't know if you know this or not. But cow E. coli is not a natural thing. It only grows because we feed cows corn. If you feed a cow grass for one day before they harvest that cow, it will not have any E. coli because the grass kills E. coli whole grain or corn grows it it makes it grow in your body and if they would feed these cows one day of grass it would get rid of e coli but you know what they do instead (laughs) what they do is when you if you've ever eaten a hamburger which most of us have what they do is they blend your your all these parts of the cow together like if you get low quality hamburger like mcdonald's or anything they they blend all of the stuff together and then they put it they bathe it in ammonia they soak it in ammonia every hamburger that's not 100 natural is has been soaked in ammonia before you get it and they do this to kill the e coli this is how we stay safe is we drown our food in ammonia okay instead of feeding the cows one day before grass i mean you should feed your cows grass anyways but it, it would eradicate that illness but they yeah. don't do that And this kind of leads me into the topic of 
the energy that gets stored into our foods. Well, if you don't mind, Derek, can I interrupt real quick and just um, because you brought up the pasteurization and I want because I did do a little bit of research on this because it's something that I'm super interested in because I was told my whole life as a kid, I was that kid watching commercials, the got milk, the 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 milk will grow your bones. They'll be so strong. I was told that by my mom my entire life. She was she believed the propaganda as well. Um, and the pasteurization idea came from this guy named Louis Pasteur, um, which I did a little bit of research on him. I just want to read his um, biography a little bit about him. Which what's funny about this here? I'll just read this. Um, he was a French chemist and a microbiologist, renowned renowned for his discoveries of the principles of vaccination, microbial fermentation, and pasteurization, the latter of which was named after him. His research in chemistry led to the remarkable remarkable breakthroughs in the understanding of the cause and preventions of diseases, which laid down the foundations of hygiene, public health, and much of modern medicine. So this guy, brought he purported to everybody that we need to cook our milk or else everybody's going to die. And and also, he was the same dude, and it says later in this, it says, Pasteur is also regarded as one of the fathers of germ theory of diseases. So this, this is where this is coming from. This guy literally birthed the idea that we have germs just here and there all around us, and that we need to cook the living shiz out of everything natural that comes from anything. It's essentially the same thing with vegetables because I know that there's – sorry, I don't mean to interrupt so much, Derek. Um, I know that there's this type of photography, which I think you are going to get into, which leads us into – and I would recommend do more research into Louis Pasteur, everybody. If you want to know more about him, research him. You'll see the fraud all around this dude. Um, But there is a specific type of photography that you can um, take pictures of plants and see the life force in them. It's called Curlian photography, which another thing that I think people should look up and which is really weird. Like when you cook vegetables, raw vegetables are way have a way more life force in them rather than like a broccoli that you've boiled, which I find super interesting. So it's it seems like everything that we get. It's like God made it naturally, and we're supposed to eat it naturally rather than cook the shit out of it. Dude, exactly. Like like you were saying, if you look up food un- under this device, I don't know the name of it, but it actually has an aura around it. Uh, there's for You have an aura around yeah. you. If you were to be photographed by this device, it would show your aura. And some people's auras are like so small, they barely even come out of their body. And this is because they don't eat enough of these healthy foods. They don't meditate. They don't take control over their mind, their body, and their spirit. They allow the material world to just lead them wherever they want, wherever the material world wants them to go. And this this is by design. They don't want you functioning the way God made us. Yeah, and we're really not. Like, if you look at everybody, we're not. What they're doing is working, for sure. And they're just upping it and upping it and upping it. Um, the more we go, like the idea of cereal or even the idea that we're supposed to eat three meals a day. Like I know Derek, me and Derek are pretty much on the same type of deal. Like I know some days I wake up and I will eat breakfast and stuff. Um, but most days I'll won't eat until about one or two. And in some days I'll even just drink tea. When I get home from work, I'll drink a tea. I have, um, chaga mushroom tea with some mosaic tea, um, and some fulvric minerals from Chris's website, which, where again, we're going to be talking to Chris in the second hour, which again, you've heard this multiple, multiple times. And you're going to hear this a ton more, I'm sure, from me and Derek as we go on with this podcast and as um, we discover more about health is 
the mineralization of your body and the minerals that you put in your body is super, super important, obviously. Exactly. And just a little bit of an announcement for those of you who already know, we, we are developing a cognitive vitamin that's going to its minerals that's going to enhance your body's natural functions. But we are also in the middle of developing a tea line that will be specifically formulated for different things. And if you're wondering, how do I fix this? How do I get out of this this diet I have if it's so addicting? Sugar is the most addicting thing on the world. Uh, this is how you need to bring the good minerals into your body, the good bacteria, the good funguses, all of these things into your body. And that way there, they will take over and you won't have these cravings. And most people have like 20 pounds of of dew stuck in their body by the time they get to 30. This is because everything we eat is gummy and sludgy and it's not functioning the way it's supposed to. So we are in the middle of creating a solution to this problem because we don't just want to present a problem to you and not have an answer. Uh, we've kind of felt obligated to create an answer for you as well, to bring the answer to you. So that way there, you we don't just fear monger. We, we just get your attention and then we present to you how we could fix this as a community. Well, that's also um, one thing. I know I have our actual um, our line right here. I don't know if you got the email, but our friend Riley that we're working with to create the um, teas, he sent us over. We're going to have a cleanse, a digestive, a cold and flu, and an energy tea, essentially. Um, so we're super stoked for that to be able to give you guys that. And um, yeah, with, with um, Chris's, what, that's essentially what we're going to try to talk about in the second hour is things that will be helpful in your diet and things like that. And, and a little bit more about like microplastics and um, things that are in our environments that we're all intaking. But yeah, we are going to be coming out with um, a cognitive blend, which is essentially like a mushroom blend with mycelium and all these different things that um, we're, we're hoping to synthesize and we're having a bunch of tests done um, so that we can, you know, show you guys that it, it's going to work. So I'm, I'm extremely excited for that as well. So. Yeah, it's very exciting. And uh, once if if everybody in the world was into their diet the way they're into celebrities or the gossip that they see on the TV or sports dude yeah, sports. that's what's been oh, driving gosh. me lately sports is everybody's so all about football so all about basketball when it's all encoded it's all decided oh. who the winner's going to be well Caleb how did they keep the peasants calm back in the roman time according to history what they do to keep the peasants from uprising uh, and overthrowing the castles Kept them fed and kept them entertained. They entertained <laughs> For <them>. cheap. <laughs> Entertainment means enter. You know what enter means. Tain means to restrict or hold back. And ment means your mind. So enter, tain, ment. Enter into your mind. Restrict it is exactly what entertainment means. They had coliseums that they had these gladiators in. And the people would go watch somebody kill each other and demoralize humanity while entertaining these people. And so if, if everybody had a mindset where instead of focusing on things like sports, you, you care about your diet, you care about the people around you, you will see a world where we live in abundance. The whole lacking of this world is so man-made, it's not even funny. We throw away 600 million pounds of food every day in the United States alone. 600 million pounds. What that literally means is that we produce enough food to feed everybody. But because of profit, we allow that much food to be thrown away every single day. 
What I want to see people care about and ask is why we're not seeing um, one I want you to talk about, because I don't know a lot. I know that you know more about heirloom seeds and regular seeds. I want to talk about that. But I'd like people, and I'd, I'd also think it'd be cool to try to get a movement going to make our cities plant public fruit trees, like plant public fruits and vegetables and things like that we should have um, public gardens for people and and we should be putting animal manure in there so that they're they're really nutrient and vitamin um full so that everybody i don't know these things are just not helping obviously our government and obviously everybody knows this here that's listening to us they're telling everybody that the earth's a ball spinning around the sun they don't care about our health but at this point we've we i think it is a matter of us just asking for it and and standing up and saying hey like we need this like we should demand this because we could have food everywhere all over the place but um what are the explain that to everybody what is the difference between an heirloom seed and a regular seed? Yeah, so first of all, I just kind of want everybody to understand that if this information is knowledge that small farmers have, that people like Caleb or myself, we have this information, the government has this stuff as well, okay? And they're just misusing the crap out of everything and abusing the crap out of everything, okay? Because this is how they control you, by entering your mind and restricting it. So what an heirloom seed is, is it is the original plant. These are these seeds are much harder to find, but they're the ones that came out of the ground. They, they weren't modified by the government. They weren't crossbred by some farmer to create a more sugary yield with a bigger apple or a bigger tomato. The first food ever genetically modified were tomatoes. That was the first thing in 1994. They genetically modified a tomato. If you've ever eaten an heirloom tomato, you will never eat a genetically modified freaking tomato again in your life. And maybe you might if you like tomatoes, but the, the difference is night and day. And heirlooms are just natural food that produce that all of the enzymes, all of the right fibers, all of the right sugars, everything. Because the skin is the most nutrient dense part of any fruit is the skin. And when you cover those skins in toxins, but also modify those skins to absorb toxins, you're actually changing the the, mo- the number one part of the food is being drowned in chemicals and it's being altered to look better. Heirlooms are just natural. They are, you could find these seeds and grow them yourself and you could actually see the difference. They've, they've taken these seeds and they've modified them so they don't you can't cross them. And if you can cross them, they purposely plant these plants next to local farmers. They'll patent a, a genetically modified food, and then they'll grow it down the road from a farmer who's growing heirlooms or who's growing true f- food organically. And when the wind blows that pollen down to his house, his plants, because he's heirloom, they're going to grow seeds. And all they have to do is show up, test his his tomato. And if it's got any of the genetically altered DNA inside of this tomato, they now own his crop. And so this is how they've slowly been taking over the the food industry as they weed out all of the people who are doing it right by just going right down the road and planting a crop that's going to dust onto their plants. And then all of a sudden now they own the rights to that food. Sure, they don't get rid of the farmer. They'll allow him to keep growing, but they'll take a chunk of his income and they'll they'll weed him out to the point where he can no longer sustain himself off of the crops. 
Yeah, and he can't control that. Um, that that that's that's really interesting. He can, literally can't control that going into his field either. I've heard of that. That's <laughs> such a crazy idea. Um, the one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit more before, because I know we are um getting um, we're about fifteen minutes towards the top of the hour, so we have a couple more topics we can get into. Um, is MSGs in general. Um, and a lot of people might not know what MSGs are, so I kind of I just want to give everyone an idea. MSGs, monosodium glutamate is a flavor enhancer often added to restaurant foods, canned vegetables, soups, deli meats, and other foods. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration, FDA, has classified MSG as a food ingredient that generally recognized as safe, but is still, but its use is still debated. For this reason, when MSG is added to food, the FDA requires it to be listed on the label. If it's required to be listed on the label, obviously it's not safe enough to just go under the radar. It's obviously doing something. And that's basically, the, in my idea, them just telling you, hey, we're kind of figuring out the levels to make sure you guys don't die within 10, more like 30, 40 years. That's more of what I'm thinking. But um, MSGs have been directly related to headaches, flushing, sweating, face pressure, lack of feeling, numbness fluttering heartbeats, chest pain, feeling sick and weakness. And this, um, from what I can understand, this is in like Olive Garden type restaurants and things like that. It's super heavy in like the pastas and things like that. And so it'll like make you need to go to the bathroom and different things like that. Do you know a lot about MSGs? Oh, dude. So they, they'll tell you that MSG is a naturally occurring uh, sodium. It's a type of sodium that grows in stuff like tomatoes and cheese and these different things. But if you were to look into what is this chemical that they're putting in your food, it's flavorless. It doesn't have its own flavor. <laughs> it's a chemical that tricks your body into believing what you are eating is good. Like try to understand it's just a flavor what enhancer, is. right? Yeah. It, it's, it doesn't have its own flavor, but when you put it on food, it makes you think it's really good. If you've ever, like wanted to eat something faster than normal. And you're like, Oh, da, da. that's probably because it's full of MSG that I bet you can't eat just one thing that Lay's said, like, Oh, you can't just have one. That's because of MSG. These, this chemical that they're putting in your food is so addicting and it triggers the right parts of your brain. And in doing so, it makes you crave it. Yeah. This is right here. Listen to this. Both animal models and human studies have shown toxic effects of MSG on the reproductive system. This is this is the end goal. This is something I don't know if we've brought up here on the um, podcast before, but this is a good time to bring it up because they are doing this through the food and, and through um, what we're intaking in water and the air and everything. I think that they are directly attacking the reproductive system so that there's less people, so that it's easier to control people. That's also why they're purporting everybody to be gay and to cut their penises off and to become girls and stuff like they just don't want people actually reproducing humans so that there's enough humans that they they, they don't want enough humans they, they it's just like the georgia guidestones they want 500 million people so that they can control it's way easier to control 500 million people with 500 million robots than 8 billion people and I've seen a lot of people go at the the population idea as well, that the population isn't at 8 billion actually, and it's actually something a lot lower, and they're trying to just mitigate it and chip at it and get it lower and lower every year. Um, because I actually, we, yeah, we I think we have talked about the birth rates a little bit because once they get under 2.5, it's like harder to rise them again. But this is exactly what they're doing. Like there are already studies 
saying that MSG is on rats. They did studies on rats. I remember reading in this paper and um, also humans that they affected the ovaries. They affected um, sperm count. Like the stuff that they're putting in our food, they're they're literally killing us and and sterilizing us. And everybody's just oh, do 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 going around and eating it, not looking at their label. Like I can't believe w- w- that. Well, I guess I can believe, but once people wake up to this, and if people start actually realizing where their sicknesses are coming from, why everybody's obese, why everybody looks so different from 1970 to 2022 when we go down to a beach, um, then they realize it's the food and they start looking at the labels. It's going to be really hard for people like McDonald's and people like Walmart to thrive that aren't focused on health um, you know, benefic- beneficent products that are um, beneficial to people and their health. Yeah, exactly. And this is why Walmart is so big and McDonald's is so big is mm-hmm. because the way people think about food, they think in terms of convenience, they think in terms of uh, how how long will it take? So convenience. Uh, they don't yeah. think about health. <laughs> they literally don't think about what the food is doing to their body. And if you've ever wondered why why do they do all these tests on rats? It's because things that happen to rats happen to us. So if you introduce something into a rat's diet and you study that rat and it gets cancer, it grows tumors, it goes blind, those are potentials for our illness as well. And this why that is, is because those foods deprive your body of minerals or they deprive it of enzymes by making your body have to break down way more than it should. And just try to think about what that means. If your body can produce so much and it needs to be in sync, but one of those things it's producing spikes or it drops down, then it's depriving it from another part of the body that it needs to be or it's adding too much of this to a certain part of the body. And this is why when they feed rats food and the rats get sick, it's not because the food that they're feeding them is like physically doing that. It's because their body is doing it, trying to process that food. Yep, exactly. And that's why I'm super excited to talk to Chris and get a little bit more info. I know that there's a lot of questions that I have about getting this stuff out of our environment and, you know, kind of what we should do and, uh, what we should work towards as far as a, you know, as far as a, 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 a diet, I'm working on my diet currently. Again, I kind of just eat eggs and rice and, um, I try to just stay away as much as I can from any type of restaurant and try to just eat at home and, and drink tea and chill and read books. I don't know about you, Derek. Yeah. So I only eat once a day. I, I fast every day till 5 PM. Uh, I only drink water before that. And I'm, I have tons of energy. I don't even crave food until like four. Uh, you know, if I'm doing a lot more work, sometimes it, I do. But on a normal basis, I only eat once a day. And uh, I've recommended this to many people who have uh, issues with their energy. And when you eat too much of one bad thing, your body's not only burning energy to try to get rid of this food, but you're also depriving it or increasing of different things. And so you become groggy, you get brain fog. Uh, So I literally, your body only produces a certain enzyme after 15 hours of not eating. So if you eat within that 15 hour, it'll never produce this enzyme. This enzyme only gets produced after 15 hours of no food. This is why fasting is healthy because that, that enzyme is needed to break down toxins in your body. And it actually converts white fat into yellow fat 
And white fat's not something your body breaks down very easy. It takes tons of energy to do that as well. So it's kind of not what we think. You know, you think somebody could, oh, you got tons of body fat. You could go without for a long time. It's not like that. Like, yeah, it will break it down, but it'll make your body so unhealthy if it's like trying to eat all of this white fat. And so fasting actually will turn that white fat into yellow fat. And so like, it's one of those things that the yellow fat actually produces energy instead of consumes it. But because they've put MSG in our food, they've keep every restaurant has red or yellow, which your brain gets triggered into being hungry when you see these things or you'll smell food and it triggers you into being hungry. And it prevents people from reaching that point where their body's actually converting toxins into energy and getting rid of these things from your body. Yeah. And that's what we're going to move towards in the second hour and try to find out. I know that, um, and what I've heard is fulvic minerals are amazing for kind of dislodging and moving things. But again, that's why we're going to have Chris on. He's a lot more knowledgeable than me personally. Um, and yeah, other than that though, Derek, um, do you have anything else that you want to get across to the first hour? I know that we're getting towards the top. Yeah. So, uh, basically what we're trying to do guys, we're not trying to scare you. We're not trying to create like a system where you're afraid of everything. There's an app that you could take a picture of the barcode prior to buying it, and it'll tell you everything that's in it. What's the name of it, Caleb? Yucca, Yucca. Everybody needs that. I'm so glad you brought that up before the first hour ended. Yucca or Yucca. I don't know exactly how it's pronounced, but it's Y-U-K-A. You basically pull up the app. It connects straight up to your camera, and you just scan the barcodes of any um, any, – things that you're going to buy any food that you're going to buy and it'll tell you what's in it and if there's anything that's bad in it um it'll tell you what it is and it'll tell you the effects of it it's really cool yeah and so if you guys have a like if you're not like keen on the different things in your food that app breaks it down to a layman's terms that it'll even tell you what's wrong with it and uh so like you could learn so much about the food you're eating just by turning the bag around and reading the ingredients and using this app and reading how these different ingredients interact with your body and how they create disease. And I just highly recommend that everybody gets this app, especially if you have a harder time on like reading the ingredients to know if it's safe or not, just get this app. It'll tell you, it rates it on how dangerous it is on a scale. So uh, one thing you will realize <laughs> in all of this is that pretty much everything is bad for you. You have to, it's all going to have some form of something in it. So just, you could do the best that you can and take other minerals and things that will enhance your body's ability to function. Uh, One pointer that I think everybody should know is when you're buying fruit or vegetables, if it is GMO, it has four only four numbers on the barcode. So if you have an apple or an orange, look at the sticker on it. And if it has four numbers, then it's GMO. That's the fastest and easiest way to identify bad food, fruits and vegetables is the four code. If it's got more than four, sometimes it's five, it's six. I think it actually usually starts with the nine. If it's not GMO, it'll have start with the nine and then have five or six numbers on the sticker. That's not GMO. But all GMO on all fruits and vegetables all only have four-digit number on the sticker. Awesome. 
Yeah, and I agree. I agree. I like. I really liked when you said that we're not trying to scare everyone. I 100% agree. I'm not trying to scare everybody out of eating the next thing that they were going to eat. You know what I'm saying? Like this stuff does have to build up. It takes a long time. Um, but I think that us being more conscious about what we're eating and what we're putting in us is only going to help us and help us be smarter and everything. So um, other than that, um, do you have anything else for the first hour? Or Well, I would just like to close with this. You need to be the change you want to see in the world. If all of the foods you're ingesting creates a cognitive dissonance or it creates you to be grumpy or rude or anxious, uh, that's not helping the world. You can't look outside of the world to change it. You have to start with you and lead by example. Set the stage. Be the person who makes the change and then watch what happens around you. Don't be afraid to talk about it. I know a lot of you don't want to talk about the shape of the earth because you literally lose friends and family will disown you and they, they just hate you for it. Uh, but food is something you can talk about with without it creating a, a disconnect amongst friends and family. And so I just want to encourage you guys to, first of all, don't let anything come in between you and your family. It's not what we're trying to do. Uh, but second of all, just be the change you want to see. Just change from within and watch the outside change with you. Yep. If you guys want to hear more of us and our thoughts on health and food and everything and kind of more on remedies and things like that, um, make sure to catch us on the second hour with Chris at OptimallyOrganic.com, which is one of our affiliate links in our affiliate link section. So if you guys want to check out their products, which is essentially what we're going to be talking about in the second hour and how he came to the realization of um, what's going on in the industry and why he started his brand, because I know um, that their website kind of came similar to how our um, website is coming, because we're starting another website where we're going to be doing our products that we see as really healthy and um, getting the most premium herbs that we possibly can. So if you guys want to hear more of that, make sure you guys are members um, and and if you do become a member at our website here at Unearthing 5D Reality, you will get every other episode, second hour. So um, you're not just getting this hour of content. Um, you're getting much more. So other than that, thank you guys um, for listening to the first hour. Um, we are super excited to see you over in the second hour. And um, we hope you have a great day.